Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, a roundtable with our partner, Women Have a Voice. That is with Deborah Denhart, Saturday, October 15, 2022. October is Breast Cancer, Mental Health, National Disability, and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host, the Army National Guard veteran. Our, di- our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And as I mentioned, we have our partner, Deborah Denhart. She's a U.S. Air Force veteran and marketing communication public relations professional, and we have a new segment we want to go introduce it, which is called Women Have a Voice. Now, I'll give you some information about Deborah. She's a marketing communications and public relations professional we mentioned. She has worked with the International Trade Administration, the VA, the FBI, senior government officials, and was the host of her own television program for eight years. She's also an artist and a writer and is currently writing a book, which will be published in 2023. We're looking forward to that. How are you doing, Deborah? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, Sean? Pretty good, pretty good. So, how the tell us about this new this new um, this new voice you want to bring bring to America's Heroes Group? Tell us about women have a voice. Yes, yeah, so very excited about this new program, and how it came about was um, I was talking to Glenda, um, your executive producer, and uh, she had mentioned she would love a, a platform where it would be focused just on women. And when she said that, I couldn't believe it because I literally was thinking the same thing. I was like, going to start a podcast of my own to empower women. And I had never told her this. And she'd mentioned um, this program. And I thought, oh, this would be amazing. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is what a great opportunity to just focus on women in, in, one, in one venue. So what are some of the barriers that women face in getting their voices heard and their stories told? You know, there there are so many um, barriers, but, you know, I'll just talk about a couple. So just an example, and I've talked to other women who felt the same way. I was in a meeting with, you know, a, a team, and uh, I mentioned an idea during the meeting. And about five minutes later, the, the manager of the, the, um, the our group mentioned the exact same thing that I did. And everyone was like, oh, that's such a great idea, you know? And I thought, I just said that five minutes ago, but no one heard me, you well, know? I felt... Yes, right? It's one of those comical things where someone, one person will say something, and then another person will say the exact same thing, literally say the exact same thing, and all of a sudden it just has so much more merit. <laughs> right, <person>. exactly. <laughs> yes, and and I've talked to other women who've said the same thing. Like, I said it in a meeting, and then a male, you know, mentioned it, and suddenly it was just such a great idea, you know. And um, so that is something, you know, just having your voice heard and not being invisible and just being able to receive the recognition for whatever it is, whether an event or an idea, you know, to, to be heard, basically, right? Women have a voice, you know, so that's what the forum is about. Um, and then another area is, you know, some women are, are parents, right? So I'm personally a single divorced mother. So raising my kids, it was always a challenge, you know, trying to find 
you know, organizations that would be willing to be flexible. I had to take my daughter to doctor doctor's appointments and, and, you know, get them to school. And, you know, um, they have health issues as well. So there was like all of those things, those pieces. So it was very interesting. And you kind of find jobs or positions during that time that are flexible enough that you can leave without being fired, you know. Um, so that's another barrier, you know, making the workplace a little more accommodating to, to mothers and for companies seeing the value of their female employees, you know, and what they can bring to the table and reducing some of those some of those barriers. I think really if we want to do something for the economy, for this nation to help really make this make GDP go up but also help the economy be more be stronger, if we created more attention around child care. So particularly with for single yes. mothers and for and even married couples, childcare is extremely expensive. We don't really we don't really think of how the idea of in, the, in today's America we have to have two people working in a household. It's very difficult if you're middle class to to or even lower middle class, lower middle class, slightly above middle class even in some neighborhoods, to make ends meet without feeling like you're you're bis treading water if you have to take care of children and pay for childcare. You know, so if we if we could just get that uh, mm-hmm. under control, that would be such a benefit to this this country. It would absolutely. You know, I know I've heard about companies that are actually incorporating, you know, in their new companies, they're building child care facilities for the mothers, you know, mm-hmm. because they value their female employees. They don't want to lose them because they have children, you know, right. because women will make the choice. You know, it's either, well, I stay home or, I, you know. I have to put my child in childcare, which is such a heart-wrenching thing to have to do. And expensive. You know? It's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. People paying $400 a week. You're making thirty-five, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year, $60,000 as a household, and you're paying $400 a week, $600 a month on childcare. Yes, absolutely. And so a lot of people make the choice of, well, I'll just stay home. You know, it's cheaper for me to stay home. You know, but since so that mother will lose some of the value of being maybe in the workplace or, you know, so those are all those kind of, you know, barriers that, you know, we're facing as as parents. We feel like we're bad parents. I have to leave my child in daycare. You know, like you said, it's expensive. It's it literally is, you know, like another income. So you have to kind of make those choices. So a lot, you know, more companies promoting and valuing, again, their women employees and incorporating ways that they can still work. To not pay those those, those exorbitant you know uh, prices for for childcare would be amazing. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. I really appreciate writers like yourself because writers are thought leaders, in my opinion. So, as when you're writing, writing some of the things you've written in the past, what are some of the topics and some of the ideas you wanted to promote? Uh, what what type what things or subjects are you really passionate about when it comes to women's voices? You know, I feel really strongly that you know just helping women overcome struggles, challenges, you know, um, like I said, I was a single mom, I'm a single mom, you know, a divorced mom. So there's a lot of challenges involved in that and being, you know, raising your kids and making the choices that you make and you make them for your children. So I'm really passionate about just kind of sharing struggles and stories of, you know, how we've overcome and, and the struggles that we've, we've been in and, and what can we do to overcome those? I think that's so important when you're, when you're encouraging other women, 
you know. Um, so I love to write about things like that and, and use that as a, as a platform to just kind of give a voice to all of us as women, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important, you know, sharing our struggles, the struggles of, you know, being a single parent or, you know, the struggles of your children with, with health care needs or, um, you know, just finding your own voice as a woman. You know, where where am I going? What's my purpose? You know, we get so lost as as women sometimes and other people because we're givers, you know, we want to give all the time. And I think we lose who we are. So I think it's important as women, you know, to remember our voice. Like, what do we want to say? What is our purpose? Finding that is so important, too. So tell me about your experience in the, in the Air Force. So you were in the Air Force. You're a, you're a woman veteran. How was how did the Air Force shape your ideas today, and how did it change you from when you went in, presumably when you were when you were maybe a teenager, possibly early twenties, whatever, like most of us? And then how did it change you through that experience of going through all the stuff that you see and hear in the military, particularly as a woman? Well, you know, when I first said that I was going to join, uh, everyone around me said, no, you know, it's, it's horrible. You know, you're going to be treated terribly. And, you know, it was, it's just a bad experience. Like, you know, I had so many negative, you know, uh, comments and people telling me negative things. Um, I did have, you know, I, I was familiar with the military. My father was in the Air Force for 24 years and traveled with him on different assignments and things like that as a family. So I was familiar with kind of the military pretty, you know, from my family growing up. So going in, I thought, oh, okay, I don't know what to expect because everyone said it was so horrible. And, you know, I really found it to be just a great place to learn. I was in the medical field and I was stationed in Germany and Turkey, New Mexico. And I found it to be most of the time really awesome you know, um, for me personally, but I was in a, the medical side. So I was in the hospital working with doctors and nurses and, you know, that type of thing, you know, but there were times when I think you as a, say, say you have, you know, I worked with colonels and, you know, majors cause they were physicians. Sometimes you were treated, you know, inappropriately. Um, and I think our mindset in the military is, you know, someone's of higher rank, so I can't really say anything about, you know, how I'm being treated. Like one time, you know, someone whistled at me while I was clicking down the hallway, one of the doctors. And but then I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't realize, you know, that that's not OK, mm-hmm. you know, and I can say. How did, how did you feel at that time when you heard that whistle? If you can remember, I I felt, you know, a little just kind of shocked, you know, that this professional doctor that I just we did, you know, a C-section with um, is, is saying this, you know, or doing this. And so you're just kind of like, I don't know how to, you know, this is so wrong, you know, this is so inappropriate. Um, but he laughed it off, you know, that type of thing. And I know now, you know, I think it's just knowledge that, you know, you don't have to put up with that kind of behavior. You know, it's, I don't care what rank someone is, um, you are, you know, deserve to be treated with respect and valued. So I think that's really important, you know, to know that even in the military, also outside of the military, you know, leaders who, you know, I mean, we should, the minimum, you know, be treated with respect and and respect, you know, um, in your tone, in your language and and behavior. But one of the things I think it's is what's going through people's minds today, particularly men, I think men are now because of the Me Too movement, because of lawsuits, because of we've seen um, men of power, men of position lose their mm-hmm. careers, lose their jobs, who have been around for years. 
I mean, looking at just what happened with Bill Cosby, with R. Kelly, looking at celebrities like those guys who have done horrible things to women, um, fall. And you would think, nope, those guys are untouchable, so to speak. I think men are just more scared now. But I don't think they've changed, the, the at least for the generations. I'm not sure, I can't speak for a generation Y or the kids coming up today. And maybe the culture has changed. But for the men my age and, and slightly younger and slightly older, particularly definitely older, it's more of the fear rather, rather than changing of the mind or the, or the mindset as to what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Men still have those desires. They still you know, may talk in, in, in uh, secret. They just don't let those things out in the hallway anymore. They're not doing the catcalls anymore, but they're still saying it in the bathroom or at the water cooler or whatever amongst other men. Um, what, do you think, what do you think needs to change in order for um, people to understand that it's different when you are the one being um, targeted versus the person who's just doing the catcall? You know, I think it's important for them to, you know, it's, a, it's our culture, right? We have to change the culture. The mindset, like you said, you know, some men think, oh, that's, you know, what's wrong with that, right? And I think it's education, realizing, you know, you are really showing that person the lack of value, you know, in, in those actions and disrespect. And and that's not appropriate, you know? So I think that's really important to stress to those people who think that, you know, that's okay or there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, how you make that person feel and how devalued they, they feel when those things happen. You know, so I think that should be the, on the forefront and just educating and, and, and not, you know, thinking that, that girls like that because they don't, you know. Um, it's not something they're looking for. They don't want to be treated that way. They want to be treated with constantly, I always say, with respect. That's the minimum. Again, that is the minimum. Do you feel that there are some women out there who do you encourage those type of behavior though for because they want the attention or whatever it might be or they might have a different mindset? You know, I'm sure there are, um, but I think, you know, overall, I mean, shouldn't we all be treated with respect, even mm-hmm. if that person maybe doesn't value themselves enough to ask for that? I think that, you know, as as people, you know, as a culture, I think we should, you know, always treat everyone, you know, with the utmost respect, no matter what position they are in an organization, whether you're the janitor, this is my philosophy. I've always thought I'm going to treat everyone with the same amount of, of, you know, respect and, and, um, value as, you know, from the head, you know, from the top of the organization to the janitor, you know, housekeeping, because we all deserve that. And, you know, I love what Maya Angelou says. She says, you know, people won't remember what you did or how much you, you know, own your possessions, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think that men, a lot of men, particularly older generation and my generation, even yet still, I think a lot of guys in my my age group don't really understand that respect part. They don't see it as, they don't really necessarily see it as disrespect. They see it as almost flattery. Right. So that, again, it's, it's a mindset, you know, it's, it's not flattering. It's, you're, you're treating someone like an object and not like a person, you know, that they, you know, the person that they should be treated as, you know, um, and valued again, you know, it's not in a commodity, um, but it's a person, you know, with feelings and, you know, just seeking, you know, I think women, we just want, 
to be heard. We want a voice at the table. We want people to be, rec- you know, when we do say something, to be recognized um, in what we're doing, you know. And, you know, and, and just I, I really believe this is going to be just a great platform for us to just encourage each other as women and men will be listening to. And I, I hope they gather insight as well, maybe, you know, in what you're saying as far as like changing the mindset of what's appropriate and, you know, what is what is acceptable. And I think of I look at life kind of like as a rugby game. Um, my daughter, when she was a junior, wanted to play rugby. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, after looking at what it is, you know, as far as like it's football without the pads <laughs> and when i went to my the, the game football without the, the without pads. the pads okay <laughs> it's football without the pads yeah exactly what it is. Yeah. and and ironically yes. people so, from what it seems like people in rugby don't get hurt as much as people that play nfl football or football in general that's interesting yeah so um so yeah so i go to the game both my daughters ended up playing rugby and i I kind of watched them, and I thought they get hit, they get tackled, and they get back up every time. My daughter, the first time, she had a black eye, and she had cuts all over from the cleats. And I went, oh, my gosh, you know, are you going to still play? She said, yes, I love the game. My younger daughter, the same thing. Like, every time she'd go play rugby, she would throw up at every game. Sometimes it was on the field, and I would go, are you going to sit this game out? She's like, no, I'm not sitting the game out. You know, I want to keep playing. And so it's just, I just think, oh, my gosh, you know, like, and then they would, you know, someone would pick them up and, you know, kind of like help them up. But every single time, and we've had fractures, we've had bruises, we've had broken noses, you know, broken hands. And, but it's the love of the game, you know, the passion for that. And I think of life that way in a lot of ways, you know. Um, to make a goal, you have to score a try. It's called a try to goal, to get the goal. And so I look at them, and I was so inspired watching them play rugby. And I think, you know, it's like life. You know, we're knocked down as women. We're knocked down. You know, we're, you know some people play dirty. You know, they'll knock you with their elbow, um, try to knock you out. And you just, like, have to keep getting up. You have to keep getting back in the game. You know, and it's hard. You get bruises. You get hurt. And but you just don't give up and you just keep getting back in the game. And I just hope that, you know, just like the the player who reaches down for someone and, you know, picks them back up when they've been knocked down or tackled, you know, this, you know, women have a voice can be we're part of the team. You know, let's let's help you up. Let's let's we're going to be the ones to give you resources and, and encouragement and empower you to just keep getting back in the game. So tell me more about women with have a voice the idea the the program beyond the scope of the radios what do you guys do um as far as contacts what do you guys do in the community Um, do you have other things planned for for the organization well we're looking at a possible television program um as far as like outreach we have you know it's just beginning it's something new so we're really just kind of like coming to life now and um it's it's blossoming. You know, this is our first program. So really excited. And, you know, each month we're going to have a segment. So it's going to be very exciting. So what do you do every day to empower yourself? You know, I have affirmations that I read every day because we have so many negative things coming in all of the time in our heads, you know. And so I try to put positive things in. So those voices that are telling me I'm not good enough or, you know, I need to be more or whatever that is, you know, I try to use that those affirmations and i also read the bible um and i also listen to positive podcasts 
and that empower me, you know, that, that I can hear other people's struggles. And that actually also motivated me listening to the, all these podcasts that I've listened to, to have a podcast, you know, or to have a forum where you can like share ideas and, and encourage other people. And so, yeah, that's what I do every day. Wow. So Try to do every day. When you get your show, you got to have us on the show. Have American Tours Group go on with you, give you some support, and also give us some shout outs and things like that. And we're glad to have you on as American Tours Group partner because, you know, that's something I think is really important to communicate to the public. We got to make sure that we are doing things to try to get everybody's voices heard, particularly in the veteran community, because we are for the veteran, about the veteran, are by veterans. And, you know, we put our time and effort in to try to get an information across that the civilian world may not always be aware of. And, now, and it's not just something that helps veterans, but also helps the country as a whole. So if, I think through the veteran community and through what we do at American Heroes Group and, and, and organizations like yours, we can bring more information and, and some, some solutions to help some of the problems that, face, that every American faces in this country. And possibly even we could be an example to the rest of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for our women and listening and everyone listening, I just want to remind them that you are beautiful, you are brave, and you are enough, and keep getting in the game. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Deborah Denhart. She's a marketing communications public relations professional, and she has a new program on America's Heroes Group, Women Have a Voice. This is America's Heroes Group, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.